This is Pastor Cody Sturgill. I'm so thankful you're listening today. The Bible commissions us to keep our heart with all diligence. Keeping your heart is a daily work. We need to daily fill our minds with God's Word. Join me as we hear a Bible message from the pulpit of Chilhowee Baptist Church. Jesus wins the battle. The devil is bound and cast in the great abyss. And for a thousand years, Jesus Christ rules and reigns on earth. And where's Cody going to be? Well, all this time, while the tribulation has been going on, I've been with the Lord. Hallelujah. And so when Jesus comes back, I'm going with him to the battle. I'm not going to fight. Don't have to. I'll be there when the millennium when the millennial reign of Christ begins. I'm going to be right there. God's people, saved people, have the opportunity to be ruling and reigning and living with Jesus in a perfect earth, in a, in a not a perfect earth, but in a place that in God's original design for a thousand years of years. Now sometimes that's hard to wrap your brains around, but that's what the Bible teaches. I believe it. I can't imagine what it's going to be like. I don't spend a whole lot of time imagining it because I'm sure I'm imagining it wrong. But I can guarantee you this. If that's what God has designed for his children, it's going to be sweet. A thousand years. And we're going to get rewarded in a thousand, for a thousand years for our lives as they've been invested for the Lord in eternity here on this planet, on this earth. Thousand-year reign of Christ comes to a conclusion with Jesus Christ defeating Satan once and for all, and then we have a new heaven and a new earth, and a new city for all of eternity. So I'll always be with the Lord. If Jesus comes tonight, I'll always be with the Lord. It's going to be wonderful. It's going to be wonderful, and what Jesus has planned for His children is going to be wonderful. It is motivation to me as a child of God to live for Jesus. It's motivation for me as a child of God to make investments not in just this world, but investments in eternity, investments in the lives of other people. It's in motivation for me to keep preaching. It's motivation to me to keep living for Jesus. It's motivation to me to love my wife and to love my children. It's motivation to me to be to become more and more like my Savior. It's motivation to make the number one thing the number one thing. And the Bible said it just like this, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. I want to put Jesus first. That's the motivation to me as a child of God as I study this passage of Scripture. And I want to understand, I want to see what God's doing and what God's plan is. So... In Matthew 24, the Bible says, verse 1, Jesus went out and departed from the temple. And his disciples came to him for to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said to them, See ye not all these things? Verily I say unto you, There shall not be left one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. Now, the, the disciples have come with Christ and they're looking at the temple. And the temple was amazing. Someone described, as I was reading, W.A. Criswell described some of the stones of the temple. That some of the stones of the temple were 40 foot wide and 10 foot tall and 12 foot. It's like a 
you can see the cube, 12 foot deep, 10 foot high, 40 foot wide. These giant stones that you couldn't move with a giant machine. And they're looking at them. And Jesus says, you see all these stones? He says, there's coming a time when there will not be one stone left upon another. And these guys were trying to imagine that. They're thinking, man, this is fascinating. This is interesting. It's unusual. How many of you, as I describe the uh, end times, you, you come up with questions? And it's fascinating. It's interesting. And you don't get it all. You can't understand it all. And you couldn't. And I can't. I can't imagine it all. I'd imagine it incorrectly. But you look at it and think, wow. Well, that's what the disciples did. And so they're, look, Jesus says one of these days, that temple, there's not going to be one stone left upon another. Personally, I believe that the temple he's referring to is not the temple destroyed in AD 70. So though that date plays an important role in prophetic history, I believe it's the temple that will be, that will be rebuilt and then destroyed again in the tribulation. So they're thinking, how in the world is that going to happen? And so when they get to a private place, verse number 3, as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately saying, tell us when shall these things be? They say, we want to know when. And what shall be the sign of thy coming? What's the sign? And what's the sign of the end of the world? He said, tell us something about this. He wants, they want to understand. So Jesus begins to describe. And when we come to the first uh, verse number 4 through verse number 14, I believe the Lord's describing the beginning of the tribulation. And the Bible says, Jesus answered and said unto them, verse number 4, Take heed that no man deceive you. If you were to turn in your Bibles, we won't do that tonight, but I'd encourage you to read Revelation 6 and 7. Uh, this, they, they correspond very well with this passage of Scripture. And the, uh, the horses, the different horses, are identified here clearly. And they, they connect one another that are talking about the tribulation. He says, take heed that no man deceive you. There was a, there was a big concern that the, the Jews, not the church, the church is already raptured out of here, but the Jews of that day would become deceived by false Christ, people who claim to be the Christ. There is the Antichrist, but there's other folks who come along and say, hey, we're the Christ, hey, we're the Christ, we're the Christ. And things become so desperate that folks are willing to trust in just about anything. And the Lord says, be careful, don't be deceived, because you are going to know it when the Christ comes. It reminds me of deer hunting. I don't know about you, how many deer hunters are out here, but I, I, I remember as a kid, when you're, when you're sitting waiting for the sun to come up in your tree stand or on the ground, there's a little section of time when everything looks like a deer. How many of you know that spot? Uh, yeah, every, I mean, there's a few minutes there when the sun's just, the light's just, everything looks like a deer. And, uh, but here's what I found out. If it's really a deer, you'll know it without a doubt. And so Jesus is telling, the, uh, he, he's giving this word to the Jews, he's giving it to his disciples, but he's, this is going to be used, this passage of Scripture, I'll just let you know something. Every Jewish congregation in the tribulation, by the way, there will be folks saved in the tribulation. If you've heard the gospel, when the rapture comes and you've rejected the Christ, your eyes will be glassed over. You'll have no, you'll have no desire for God. But there will be multitudes of people who've never heard the gospel who will be one to Christ during the tribulation. And there will be multitudes of people who are following Christ and doing their best. There's martyrs for Christ during the tribulation, lots of them. There's 144,000 fiery Jewish evangelists, and they're going to be preaching, and people are going to get saved. 
And every congregation in the tribulation, where's Cody going? I'm going to be with the Lord. Hallelujah. But every congregation posted all over their church walls is going to be Matthew chapter 24. It's going to be like a handbook for surviving the tribulation. All the Sunday school classes are going to be Matthew 24. Guess what we're going to talk about today? Matthew 24. Get the next week. Guess what we're talking about next week? Matthew 24. The next. Guess what we're talking about all next month? Matthew 24. Because they're going to be reminding each other, and God has given His word. He says, "Now look, be careful. There's going to be lots of people who claim to be Christ. Don't fall for it." The Bible says in verse number five, "Many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many." Verse number six. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. He says, look, when you hear rumors of wars and wars, now look, this is just the beginning of the tribulation. You've got seven more years. By the way, this verse is taken out of context by Christian people all the time. I hear people all the time talking about, man, wars and rumors of wars. <laughs> There have been wars for all history. You study history, there have been wars going on. As long as there's been people, there's been wars and rumors of wars. Now look, I think today Jesus is closer to coming back and rapturing his church than ever before. But if you just hear wars and rumors of wars, that's not evidence that the rapture is going to happen anytime sooner or that Jesus is the return of Christ is any sooner. It's just not going to. Don't do that. It's superstitious. It's superstitious. And Jesus clears it up here in just a few minutes. He says, look, don't do that. Look, folks are going to say, Christ is in the desert. Christ is in the cave. Christ is in the wilderness. And Jesus says, don't fall for that because Jesus is going to split the eastern sky and every eye will see him. Don't fall for that. Don't live your life in superstition. There's people... That spend their time in the valley of where the, where the valley of Armageddon will be fought, cracking buzzard eggs because they're looking for double yolks. They're thinking, if surely if God's going to eat, God's going to send a buzzard to eat all this mess of people. He's going to have to prepare in advance. And they're cracking. And there's reports coming from the Holy Land that there's buzzards that are given having twins. Don't do that. You're not going to be able to guess and know when Jesus is coming again. Guess what you should do? Just be ready. Just be right. And so Jesus giving this warning, he's like, rumors of war, that, the end is not yet. As a matter of fact, for the, the Jews in the tribulation, we've just begun. We've got seven years. Hang on. Verse number seven, nation shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places. How many of you have heard folks say, man, just think about all these storms and earthquakes and pestilence. Oh, it's surely Jesus is coming. He is coming again. But that's not a sign that he's coming. Nor is that a reason for me to quake in my shoes. I don't have any reason to quake at all. I'm saved by grace through faith. I'm not going to be here for the tribulation because the church is going to be raptured out. But for the Jews, this is a warning. The warning to the Jews is don't fall for that bunch of jargon. And the word for the church, don't fall for that. Don't bite your nails all the time because storms and earthquakes. Uh, rest in Jesus. He gives us peace. Rest in Jesus. It's going to be good. We're his children. The Bible says in 
Verse number 8, all these are the beginning of sorrows. The beginning of sorrows is that first three and a half years. The Bible says in verse number 9, Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted, and shall kill you, and ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended, and shall betray one another, and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall rise, and shall deceive many. He says, look, this is going to be a rough time. There's going to be false doctrine like you've never seen before. I mean, it's bad now, but in the tribulation, it's going to be real bad. Verse number 12. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. Verse number 13. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. Now, look. Tribulation saints, people that got saved during the tribulation, if they endure to the end, they'll be saved from this torment of the tribulation period. You don't have to endure until you die in order to keep your salvation. You take a passage of Scripture that applies specifically to the tribulation and try to make it make sense to your salvation, you're going to shipwreck your faith. It's out of context. It's like the guy that said, I'm going to see what God wants for me. I told you this before. I want to tell you again. And so he's like, I'm just going to get the Bible. He starts flipping through the pages. And he says, wherever I put my finger, I'm going to trust the Lord to tell me what's right. And he opened his Bible and looked where his finger said, and it said, Judas went and hanged himself. And he's like, that can't be right. He closed his eyes and spun it again and put his foot finger down. And he said, he looked at it and said, go and do thou likewise. <laughs> That's unreliable, folks. And so if you take a verse of Scripture, but he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. If you apply it to your salvation, you've made a terrible mistake because it doesn't have to do with salvation. It has everything to do with these saints in the tribulation who are working it out. God just sent them a word from heaven in the tribulation. He says, hey, keep enduring. It's going to be all right. Keep, keep trusting. You're going to survive. Keep resting in the Lord. It's going to be okay. He sends word to his believers. 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ in love knew that folks in the tribulation would get saved and they'd need a word from heaven. He said, I'm just going to stick it in here. He says, you just keep on trusting. Thank you for listening to Keep Thy Heart Daily. Keep Thy Heart Daily is a ministry of Chilhowee Baptist Church in Chilhowee, Virginia. To learn more about the ministries of Chilhowee Baptist Church, check us out at chilhoweebaptistchurch.com. If you'd like to financially support Keep Thy Heart Daily, please send your gift to Chilhowee Baptist Church, P.O. Box 838, Chilhowee, Virginia, 24319.